Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week we have a special episode. This week I am sitting down with a good friend of mine, Denise Thomas. Now, if you've been in the CrossFit space for a while, you've likely heard Denise's name. She is a world-class coach and just an incredible human being. She's been in the fitness industry for over 20 years. Uh, she was one of my mentors when I first started coaching at Reebok CrossFit One as an intern. She's coached in a multitude of different sporting arenas and disciplines. Denise is a longtime member of CrossFit seminar staff. I believe it's 10 years at this point, could be more, uh, and part of the coaches development program, former head coach at Reebok CrossFit One, the founder of DT Lesson Plans, and uh, she even shares her newest venture with us in this episode, her newest chapter of her journey, and so we're incredibly excited to share that with you. And guys, I really hope you take something out of this episode. She has a wealth of knowledge and experience to share, so Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, write some notes down, right? Put it in your phone, whatever you got to do. But let's get into the conversation and let's catch up with Denise Thomas. Uh, so why don't you just start out and tell everyone who's listening a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, and why you do it. All right. Well, my name is Denise Thomas. I was born in England, but now I'm an American. Got my citizenship in oh, 2020, January, maybe. So I've been here 20 years. I started out my life as a soccer player. I did that for probably almost 30 years. And that's how I made myself to the, uh, made my way over to the US. I got a scholarship, went to Central Connecticut State University. And uh, during that time, I actually left for a year, went back home, did some more soccer stuff for the English kind of feeder school, if you will. Uh, decided that was probably not going to take me where I wanted to go. So I came back to the US and finished out my scholarship there, got an internship in New York City um to work at velocity sports performance while i was doing my master's degree there as a um long island university as a graduate assistant for women's soccer team that internship at velocity sports is where i met um, a good friend of mine now dave lipson and he introduced me to crossfit and we took this journey together interned got on staff for, for crossfit been doing that for 10 years also got my job up at reebok through dave been doing that for 10 years and you know, the, the rest is history, as they say. So that's really the expedited version of of my life from, <laughs> yeah, last 20, 20 years, I suppose. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that was how you met Dave because I knew you two were close. Uh, I met Dave a couple of times when I was at Reebok as an intern, but I did not realize that was where that uh, whole relationship started. So small world, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Now, what would you... So obviously a lot of that revolves around how you got into coaching and where you're at now. And for anyone who knows you in the space, I'm sure they know you as a coach and what you're involved in. But who would you say, you know, Denise Thomas is outside of the four walls of the gym? Like what, who are you when you're not the coach out on the floor or at a seminar? Um, I, I don't think you can really separate the two. I'm not, I'm never not coaching or teaching or trying you know i i think you, yeah there are certain people that have a job and it's a nine to five and when they're done they're done they go home they have their hobbies and what have you but for me they're just such a, such a blend because everything i do inside the walls of the gym is what i enjoy doing outside too um 
But if you're asking me what do I like to do outside of CrossFit and coaching, it's I love walking my dog a lot in the woods, hanging out with Ash. I used to like going to watch movies, love food, going to restaurants. Um, but there really is no, there's not much of a, a difference between what I do in the gym and out the gym. It's just, you know, connecting with people and, and helping them really. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's what ultimately everyone is trying to achieve when they're talking about balance, right? Or this work-life balance and, you know, the the concept that there really is no balance. It's more about integrating your work with your life and your passion with your, your work and creating this system that sounds very much like what you have, something to where your passion extends into all areas of life and you're able to blend those together and lead a life that you're not only proud of, but that is fulfilling to you. So I think that's, that's really awesome. Yeah, I think, and you know, you say, I think that's what everybody strives for. Maybe not, you know, maybe there's people out there that they love their, their two lives, right? They love their work life where they can switch off and they don't think about it again from a Friday at five to like Monday, 9am. And that's what they want to do. And they don't have aspirations to start their own business or, you know, be some kind of entrepreneur. Um, and it, and it seems like that would be frowned upon, but I don't believe that's true. I think it's completely fine to, to do that kind of work and get your, get, get paid and, and have that be your life. So I, I've just be, it's just happened that way for me that my passion and my life has blended together. I really only ever wanted to be two things. It was either a police officer or personal trainer. And, you know, I obviously went the personal trainer route, but it just, it just kind of happened, you know, it's, it's strange, but Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point because I think it's easy to fall into one of those lanes and view the other as, you know, like you said, frown upon the other. But uh, you make a really good point. If if whatever style of life you're living is fulfilling to you and makes you happy, then more power to you. You know, you don't need to fall into somebody else's framework of of what should be a fulfilling life. It's it's all dependent on who you are and, and what you enjoy and uh, what brings you know, you happiness. So, uh, couldn't agree more now in terms of all of that, you got into your internships, you got into coaching, uh, you got into your time at Reebok and CrossFit and, you know, what did that, what did the early phase of, of your CrossFit journey? How did that look? You know, once you met Dave, you got into CrossFit, uh, you know, what was your first workout? When did you start coaching? Kind of like the spark note version of that journey or that the beginning of that journey. Yeah, so it was 2008, and I was working at, at Velocity Sports Performance, which is a strength and conditioning organization where um, they primarily worked with anywhere from professional athletes down to like high school. And they also did they did kind of boot camp classes and they did one on one personal training. So I was in there employed by the company and that's when Dave came in, who was a contractor and he had his own clients and he was always doing these really different movements. And he had, it seemed like he was off the beaten path a little bit, beaten path, meaning your traditional strength and conditioning, like NSCA kind of, you know, high school collegiate sports program. So one day I decided to talk to him and ask him what he was doing because he had band- he had bandages on his hands and he was still like doing pull-ups and I, I couldn't understand like what was going on. So finally I decided to talk to him and he, it was him that introduced me to CrossFit, like I said, and uh, he's like, do you want to do a workout? 
So I'm like, all right. And at this point, you know, I'd, I'd been in the fitness industry a really long time and I'd run a marathon and I'd done all kinds of different disciplines from your boot camps to your aerobics, to your spins, to, you know, obviously playing soccer. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. So he put me through a, um, a modified version of um, Fight Gone Bad. But we didn't have a rower, so instead of rowing, I did um, sumo deadlift hypo, I think. We had a box jump, we had a push press, we did wall balls, and it was all it was awful. But it wasn't like at that point where I was like, CrossFit, this is it, this is the best thing ever. You know, I was like, all right, that was a really good workout. And it took me, because that was July, I want to say, of 2008. So it took me a couple of months to kind of keep trying it and doing workouts with Dave. Um, and then eventually, it was like December, and I, I was like, oh, Dave, I signed up for this CrossFit competition. He's like, what? I was like, yeah. Anyway, this was in, I want to say, the fall, uh, the spring of the next year, 2009. And I went down there, I drove down to Virginia Beach in my little red Jeep from New York City. I did this competition. And what I didn't know was that it was the 2009 regionals. Because like, back then you could just sign up, you know, you just signed up and it was, it was like, all right, the top five go to the CrossFit Games. So there's me doing this event and I it could barely do double unders. My, you know, I had a deadlift max of like 155. I had to do 30 at 185 that weekend. Um, I had to do a 2K row. I had to do, um, it was a kind of a three rounder with a 400 meters before every round of like 2159 overhead squats and box jumps. And, you know, of course, I'm like, all right, I can get through this. And so I just got absolutely owned. Even in the workout that had the run in, which I thought I'd be good at because I played soccer, I DNF'd. I, de- I couldn't get the 65 pound bar over my head to barely to do overhead squats. So I got no reps. There was like a 2159 squat snatch at 65 pounds with chest and bar pull-ups. I couldn't even barely do a pull-up. And I was so sore. Like I literally felt like I'd been beaten by people in the middle of the night. Like they just, I woke up, I could barely move my body. And I finished second to last. And it was, I was like, what is this? Because the, the CrossFit I'd been doing with Dave was, you know, he would, put me through workouts. He would show me a couple of things, but I'd never put my body through four workouts over two days and gone faster than I'd ever gone before. And I was, it it was interesting because it was so humiliating, but at the same time, so exhilarating. And like, I I want more of this. Like, what is this? I'm horrible at it. I want to get better. I want to go to the CrossFit games. It was just like this whole community of like, insanely fit people but I didn't really even know what fitness was I just saw them and I'm like all right they're fit and it wasn't until I started to get involved with CrossFit seminar staff and I got on staff that I started to really understand what fitness really was and there was a definition and there was a methodology and it was just mind-blowing so that's how I really got exposed to CrossFit um the journey into coaching started a little bit after that. Gotcha. I love that story. That was awesome. I don't think you had ever told me that back when uh, we were hanging out at Reebok, but uh, super cool. And I think I had a very similar uh, experience in terms of the thought process behind it when I got into CrossFit, which was much later, 2011 or 12. Uh, but I came from a very similar background, right? NSCA, I was, I did my undergraduate in exercise science. And so 
that was, and you probably felt the same. That's how I viewed strength and conditioning. That's how I viewed fitness. And that's just what it was kind of tunnel vision. And then when I discovered CrossFit, I discovered the CrossFit games and thought the same thing you did. What in the hell is this? Like, what are these, these guys are freaks. These girls are freaks of nature. Like, what is this methodology? What is it? And, uh, I did the same thing. I just became like enthralled, which I think a lot of folks fall into that same boat, especially if you were getting into it a little bit earlier on, because uh, it was very exclusive. It wasn't mainstream yet. And so I think that was really attractive to a lot of people. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was it was very underground and it was very kind of like Fight Club-esque and no one knew about it, you know, and obviously I didn't qualify for the games that year. <laughs> but um <laughs> I was like, there's a sport to this thing. Like you can, you can train at it, um, and you're not, and you don't have to be a professional. And you know, there's a chance, there's a chance that we can go and do this really cool, like Woodstock of Fitness, which is what it was. You know, this dusty ranch in Aromas, California, where people were just savages. And um, I was just so intrigued by it. Um, so I decided to get, I decided to get my level one of you know nine with Dave, and. Um, it was there was other people out there like me that wanted this this fitness program that you know how do you get how do you do it and there was no gyms around and you had to go all over just to find a gym and I think it was just so eye opening that it was it was it was there were movements that I'd kind of done before and I would you know my heart rate would get high which I'd done before but there was something very different about it that. I'd never done before. Um, so it was just very intriguing to me, the whole thing. Yeah, 100%. And then so you'd mentioned you got into it, wanted to get better at it, learn more, and then eventually got into coaching. Now, did that, that during that transition, did you were you still working at Velocity Sport Performance and coaching in that regard as you were getting into all this CrossFit? And then you eventually made that switch over to coaching CrossFit full-time, or how did that work? Yeah, so my job at Velocity was I was a sports performance specialist, for lack of a better term, and I, I would teach um, movement mechanics, like multi-directional drills and acceleration and max velocity. There was, this, there was a whole program behind it, and it was great. Uh, but I also did a boot camp class, and I started to incorporate the CrossFit methodology into those boot camp classes, or what I thought was the CrossFit methodology back then. Um and my friend Dave was like, you should intern uh, for CrossFit um, HQ, now known as CrossFit LLC. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I don't, how could I, in, how can I intern for something that I don't even really coach formally? Like I wasn't coaching a, you know, a CrossFit gym. I would just steal things and like implement them. He's like, no, you should. It'd be really, you'd be really great at it. And I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll you know, I'll investigate and actually, it was at the 2010 sectionals, which didn't last very long, but it was where it was kind of like the prerequisite for regionals back then in uh, Montclair, Gorilla Fitness Montclair, which is where I did my level one. And at that competition, there were Nicole Carroll was there, who is the director of the education department, now the training department, CrossFit. And she was watching her brother compete. and. Steve Liberati, who uh, created Paleo Kits and is part of, Steve, you know, created Steve's Club, he was uh, 
running the gym that I was working out at, at the time. He's like, oh, Nicole Carroll's over there. I'll introduce you to her. And yeah, I know you, maybe you can talk about the internship. So I just asked her, hey, I, I'm interested in interning and I'm not really sure what the process is. And she's like, shoot me an email. And, and I did. And I got set up on an internship and that was in 2000 and early 2010. So I'd gone through the level one already. And it was funny, Dave and I did a level one in, in July of 08 or June of, of 09. And they tell you at the end of the level one, I say it now when I work level ones, you know, go out there and get coaching, get your feet wet. And then when you're ready, take the level two. Dave and I literally signed up for the level two like the next week. And we got to do the level two, which is a lot different now. But back then it was a whole, you know, assessment thing. It's terrifying. And we signed up for it and we did it in November of 09. And we passed. God knows how I passed because I was awful on day one. And Eva Claire Sankowski and Lisa Ray and Pat Sherwood will tell you, they're like, we don't know how you even got through the next day. But uh, I ended up doing okay and I passed it. So I had the level two uh, just by like memorizing things. I, I literally went out there and I just memorized the nine foundational movements and the points of performance. And I went out there and just kind of did it. And when people ask me, like, what do you, how do you get, how do you really increase your skill set? I'm like, memorize all the nine foundational movements and the points of performance. And don't worry about the why right now. Just go out there and know the, those progressions and call the reps and then just correct the crap out of everybody. Like, that was literally all I tried to do. So when I got this internship, I was still not really coaching in an affiliate. Like, I, I would coach where I could down at CrossFit Tribe in Pensacola, New Jersey. And, Keith Wittenstein helped me out at CrossFit Virtuosity in Brooklyn, Williamsburg. Um, Rob Miller in CrossFit Delaware Valley. Like I would just try and get help anywhere I could. And uh, when I took the internship, I got through three of them. And on my third one, I was with my supervisor was Joe Alexander, who is um, in charge now of, of pretty much the seminar staff. And he's like, you know, you're a great person, but it's this is just not really for you right now. Like you've got to go do some work, you know, six months, come back. You'll be great. And I, you know, I was, I was sad, but I knew it was the right call because I didn't really do everything I needed to do in the internship. But then interestingly that the next day I got an email from Dave Castro and he's like, we want you to come back next week. And I was like, okay. So I showed up the following week in at CrossFit Virtuosity in Brooklyn. Um, and I was with John Gilson, who was the founder of, again, Faster, which was the equipment, one of the equipment companies back then alongside Rogue. And I'm doing the seminar on day one. And, you know, and he said, oh, you're doing great. Uh, he's like, but listen, just be you. It's like you need to go out there and just be you because that's why you're here. So I went out on the next day, day two of the, of the internship, and I just started to correct everybody as best I could. And somehow I, I got accepted on that one. Um, I got like a thumbs up as they call it. And then I had to wait for a, an approval or a rejection email from the directors. And that was like a very long process, but eventually I got the email with the thumbs up and I made it on, but it was a lot of hard work to try and get through that, that process. But that, that was really my internship journey, if you will. Yeah. Wow. That's quite the story. Uh, and I think for anyone who hasn't gone through the internship process for staff, I think 
it's something to where you don't realize how much work and dedication and like you said, memorizing, just knowing the knowledge and being able to be yourself plays into that whole process. Like, uh, you know, I went through it back in 2018 or 19, I can't remember, and got very similar feedback to you, right? I went through three, finished up, got very similar feedback from Joe DeGain of, hey, you're great. We like you. You need to do some more work, you know, come back in, in six to eight months and we'll go from there. And it's one of those things where, yeah, I was definitely upset and frustrated, uh, but it opens your eyes to the level that everyone on staff is at in terms of their their abilities as a coach. And I think that was something that was really cool and really humbling of you think you're good in your element, in your space, at your affiliate, uh, and you think you're improving, but then there's a, an entire other world that your eyes can be opened up to in terms of what's possible and having people who have a similar mindset and want to get better. And so that was a really like enriching experience for me. And I'm sure you've probably felt the same the last 10 years being on staff is there's always something to learn from someone and you can always get better. Oh yeah. I mean, the internship process is great. It's incredibly hard. It's emotional. It's challenging, but it's fair. I mean, every single person that you see in a red shirt now from, you know, old and new went through that process and you have to, there's so many, there's so many things that you have to be able to do, but above all is you just really have to be the right personality for it. It's, we can, t you can teach, see, correct. You can learn those skills. And I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times, but you can't really teach somebody to care and to, to really want to serve others. And, and what's frustrating about the internship process for a lot of people is that you you go through your first one, which is primarily observational, and then the one you get the chance to teach a little bit. And if you make it through that, you get into you know the third one, obviously. And what you've got to understand is that the second it's almost like the second one never existed because you're now in another environment, another set of people, another flow master, another set of trainers, a team, different location. And now you have to do it all over again, but you can't rely on what you did on the, the intern before that. And some people are like, well, that's not fair. I'm like, sure it is. Because if you're the right person, you're going to continue, you're going to improve on the things that the last flow master told you to improve upon. And you're going to bring it to this seminar and you're going to then get feedback. And if you're doing things right, you'll get asked back. And, you know, there's no number of, of internships that you can be approved or rejected on, but you just keep improving and and eventually you're going to you're going to make it or you're not and so yeah it's hard because there's four essentially four different supervisors that you have to kind of get passed through and they all have different personalities and they all have different um you know skill sets but one thing is common amongst everybody is that they're all good people and I was told, you know, back back way back in the day, like one of the things we look at is can we be in a stand to be in a room with you for five hours and and really enjoy your your company and and learn from you and be excited and know that we could be stuck in China in the middle of no in the middle of nowhere and we'd be okay. Because that's a huge that's a huge thing. We have to you you're getting into bed with people for a whole weekend and we're in it together. It's way beyond just being able to teach at an affiliate and and that's, that's the other piece is you can be a really good coach at an affiliate, teaching your workout of the day to your members, 
great community organizer and all that good stuff. But the level one is a very different environment where there's a certain skill set you have to have running the circles, understanding those kind of processes. And some people don't make it, not because they're not good coaches, but because they're not able to do the level, do it the level one way. Like they can't get out their own way. They can't understand that it's not, you know, X fit, it's cross fit. And these, this is the methodology. This is what we believe. And we don't bring in our own personal opinions because that's not what we're trying. That's not the message, you know? So it's, it's challenging, but it's, I mean, I'm doing it for 10 years. I hope I get to do it for another 10 years. And if you, uh, if you're on board with the methodology and you want to be part of a great team, then maybe, and then it is for you, you know? Yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah, I, I have nothing to add to that. That was awesome. Uh, so you've been doing it now for 10 years. Uh, and through that time, you've been primarily at Reebok, uh, working there with that, with that team. And then somewhere along the way, DT lesson plans came into play, right? And you're still doing that, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm still doing it a little less now just because, well, there's a, re- a couple of reasons why, but the big one is COVID and not be, not being coaching as much in an affiliate. But yeah, it's still still there. Okay, and what was the, so you got into that and what what was like the catalyst to DT lesson plans? Was that just something you became passionate about through all these experience that you've cultivated up to this point? And you wanted to make sure that classes, that coaches were prepared and they had an idea of how to structure a class or uh, what was the, the entire concept behind that? Well, so there wasn't really anything out there by the way of lesson plans. Um, I would lesson plan for every class because I realized that I would put a lot of non-essential items into a class if I didn't. Um, And I wanted to be organized in my thoughts and I wanted to make sure I was bringing value to the class. So I figured that maybe there were other people out there like me that, that could benefit from this. And I want to say it came from a Tim Ferriss thing, actually, where he talks about scratching his own itch a lot. So I was, I started thinking, okay, well, what if I was a coach and I was wanted to improve, um, where would I go to get information on how to structure a lesson plan? Um, and I, and I couldn't find anything. I'm like, well, why don't I just create something? Because if I'm, if I want this, there has to be other people out there that want it too. So it really just started from, I think it was in either 2015 or 2016. I forget when I first started doing it, but I just thought I'll, I'll write out my lesson plans because I'm doing them anyway. And I'll take a picture and I'll put it on, on an account, DT lesson plans, and I'll put up a little write up. And if somebody finds it, great. And if they can use it, great. And if not, great, because I'm doing it because I want to do it. I want to scratch my own itch kind of thing. And it just kind of grew. People actually really liked it. And they would ask me questions. And then that would give me more insight to want to do it more and what I should be doing. And I I think when it started to die off a little bit was that I stopped doing it for the right reasons. You know, it's like anything. You like, you see the likes, you see what other people are doing, and you get caught up in the whole whirlwind of, well, I should be doing that. And then I tried to kind of set up a little business around it, and, and, and then I felt like it was forced. And, you know, if there's something... I know about myself is if I'm not passionate about it, if it's not really something I'm authentically feeling, then I don't enjoy it. 
And I think that's what where it started to die off a little bit was that. And then recently I started to put up a couple of things again and the passion came back. And, um, and what I'm realizing is that it never needs to be anything more than what it is. It's I'm going to put a lesson plan up and I'm going to write a little piece about it. And if somebody likes it, great. And if they don't, they do, it doesn't matter. If I have one follower, great. If I have a million followers, great. It doesn't really matter. Um, so really the reason why I put it up was just to help people and see something, have a different perspective, maybe steal some ideas. And if they wanted to reach out to me, they could. And, and as I step into my new, you know, new chapter beyond Reebok, I'll start doing it again because I, I enjoy it. And it's relatively you know, easy to just take a picture and throw it up. So yeah, that was really what it was. Yeah. I love that. It, it actually makes me think of, I don't know if you've ever read the book, Company of One. I can't think of who the author is right now, but uh, the, the entire concept of that book is that not everything needs to scale, right? We're in, I feel like we're in a culture now where everybody who's an entrepreneur or wants to be an entrepreneur is creating a business or creating an idea and trying to scale, scale, scale. And the entire concept of this book is that not everything needs to be scaled. There is nothing wrong with creating something and having it live right where it's at, having it be something that is just a passion project or creating a business that just supplies additional income. It doesn't need to become the primary source. It doesn't need to overtake your life. And the entire book gives you strategies and concepts of how to figure that out and determine whether or not you can be a company of one or maybe you are someone that wants to scale and create a true like empire. Uh, and it just, it's a different perspective that you don't hear a lot now because everything is, Hey, grow, become more successful, push the limits, you know, develop new ideas. And, uh, so I think that's a refreshing take on, on something that you created and, and your experience through that. Yeah, no, I like that company of one. I, I'm going to definitely look into that. And I agree. I'm, I, I think a lot of the time people don't, succeed in their goals because they're not clear about what their goals are and I'm one of those people so while I've been I've been progressing through CrossFit through Reebok um I've sometimes you don't stop and think about what is your what is your goal and I used to think that I wanted to open an affiliate many affiliates um and I used to think I wanted to have a coaching company and in some ways I still do and I have I have plans to maybe do something like that in the future but it I, I think I'm realizing that I really like working on a team I don't want to work by myself I, I just don't want to do it by myself it's not fun I don't you only have one perspective um and I like working with people that want to serve other people for for the right reason and not just to make money. Like you have to make money. You've got to make money so you can grow, right? You can be financially stable and make sure you're taking care of yourself so you can. But I really don't feel like it needs to be this grand enterprise. And I don't, I, it, see if I was going to open an affiliate, I would probably want to cap it at like 100 people, maybe 150 tops. And I just want to take care of those people. That's it. There's a wait list. Well, if someone leaves, you can come on in because I think that there's a, there's a lot of value there than that. This is just for me, you know, than having multiple gyms and, and being so big, you don't know people's names. 
Um, and that's why the coach development program was so cool because we kept it very small and it was very intimate. And the coach development program obviously came from Reebok CrossFit One, where Austin and I uh, developed it out of really the community's need to want to get better and they didn't really have anywhere to go. So I guess we can talk about that in a second, but it was very small. We'd have anywhere from one to five people at any one time. It's very intensive. And uh, I'm just realizing now that what I want is not what I thought I wanted. And now with that clear goal in mind, I can actually maybe get to where I want to be, you know, but there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot, especially now during COVID, everyone's an entrepreneur. (laughs) Everybody wants to grow and scale. yeah, it's just not for me, I don't think. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think the the affiliate concept's really cool, having a, a cap on your membership. Because I've been a part of a lot of different affiliates at this point. I've coached at a lot of different gyms, and they've been all different sizes, right? Anywhere from something like Reebok, where it was hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, down to a really small affiliate when I started in Pittsburgh that when I came on board there, we had 34 people, and we built it from there. And there's definitely something to be said about those smaller populations and the culture that you can create, the community that you can develop, and the relationships that are formed within that. You know, Ashley and I still talk about that affiliate in Pittsburgh as, wow, like we really did something there. And it was only 95 people when we left. Uh, But those 95 people, everybody knew everybody. It was a true like family environment and an environment that was supportive and you know really really gave people that sense of accomplishment throughout the day which they're not always getting at their at their jobs and and other places and so uh, I think that's really powerful uh, for people who want to go that route because obviously it's not for everyone but uh, I think those are really special those smaller populations so I think that's really cool those you said there's only only 95 people right only and yeah, only compared to 200 or 500. But think about what each one of those people, how many people each one of those 95 people know and how if you can, can really invest in that one person how, and teach them and educate them on, on CrossFit and the lifestyle and the nutrition and everything, and then they go out and they talk to five other people and then they join an affiliate and like that we're, we have a bigger purpose you know and we can get all extension existential you know however you want but it, that's where you're going to know what you're doing if you live within your means and you can pay your bills and support your family with the amount of people that you have um then you can really do some cool things in a community and they can go out there and they can spread the word and it, it's uh i think that's a missed message sometimes it's we're all here thinking about growth, 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 money, 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 revenue, like let's build, build, bigger, better. But how, the bigger you get, the less connection you have with those people and the less that they feel inspired to go out and help others. And and I think that's a really uh, powerful message that needs to continue to be pushed. Yeah, absolutely. I think it can even translate over to you know, our current landscape of primarily all of the fitness that's occurring online is, you know, and we follow a very similar model with ballistic. We are not the volume model. We don't have a nineteen ninety nine per month subscription that we're just trying to get the masses onto. We have a small group of individuals, you know, 40, 40 clients, so to speak. And 
we're investing heavily in those 40 people because that's where you can truly make a lot of difference and develop relationships that are going to carry them through whatever's going on in their fitness journey as well as other aspects of life. And so I don't think every online business needs to be, well, online fitness business needs to be this, hey, let's create the cheapest subscription possible. Let's market to the masses. Let's get everybody on this ship when like you had just mentioned, you can impact and touch a lot of people through a smaller number of connections, uh, small being, again, relative to what you see going on in the space, and still make a huge difference in not only your community, but the, you know the greater communities around you. So uh, that's I think that's definitely important. Now, in terms of we... So we basically, in terms of your journey, we got through CrossFit, we got through seminar staff, and you went through this incredible career uh, or the last, I believe it was 10 years at Reebok. Is that how long you were there? Yeah. So yeah. 10 years at Reebok. And so now you're moving on to the next chapter. And if you can share anything with us, you know, what, what does that next chapter look like? Are, what are you getting involved with or what are you trying to pursue uh, as it relates to, you know, your, your professional career of, of coaching? Yeah, well, um, this is airing next week. So at this point, it, I, you know, you, you will know what I'm doing. So what I've decided to do after, uh, going forward from Reebok is to join another affiliate and another um, organization called CompTrain. Um, and the affiliate associated with CompTrain is CrossFit New England. And my role there is going to be, I'll be, I'll be the head coach of, of CrossFit New England. So you know, the brick and mortar establishment that was created by Ben Bergeron back in 2007. And my role there will be to develop the coaches and um, take care of any of the affiliate ongoings from a coaching standpoint. My role with CompTrain is going to be uh, like on the digital platform where they CompTrain has a whole track of programs that they offer from your elite all the way down to the affiliate model. And my role will be um, kind of directing the train on the, the affiliate level. So helping with the programming and writing out lesson plans and, you know, whatever else is going to come of that when we get, when we get our sleeves rolled up and we, you know, we get cracking, but that's, that's where I'm going. So I'm super excited about it because I get the opportunity to work with the affiliates um, and help them grow but also just being in and amongst uh, an amazing community that's already been established and learning from the coaches there and, and the members and, and being part of an affiliate that's not a corporate affiliate too, which is, you know, I've never, it's been a long time. I won't say never, it's just been a long time since I've been part of a, you know, a non-corporate affiliate. So it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, I knew you had to have something big coming down the pipeline. Uh, so yeah, huge congrats to you. Definitely well-deserved. And uh, that sounds like an incredible experience, an incredible opportunity to continue to grow and move forward and be surrounded, like you said, by a great group of individuals who are going to you know, challenge one another and push you guys even further forward. So I think that's that's incredible. And I love that you're on the, the affiliate train, so to speak, uh, of handling that uh, that leg of it or that bucket of it, because I think that's where at least from the time I've known you, that I feel like you're really, truly passionate about being involved in those relationships and in those those affiliates and helping create something that's really special for everyone that that is a member of, the, of those places. So I think that's just really awesome. Really, really happy for you. 
yeah, thanks. It's uh, I'm honoured to be going over there. It's such a, a prestigious gym for so many reasons. But honestly, what why I really am excited is because the vision that they have is so in line with my values of just helping people like that just help people through health and fitness and uh i'm gonna let too many things out the bag but they've got some cool things coming down the pipeline which i'm sure you'll hear about but very very honored and excited to be a part of it yeah that's awesome and you can correct me if i'm wrong i think did they post that position the head coach position on their website not too long ago were they looking for like open applicants i think so okay i thought i saw that yeah because I was thinking, yeah. okay, I wonder who is yeah, going to pick that up. And then there you go. No no one better for the job. Yeah, it's a, it's a big role, some big shoes to fill. And yeah, it's a, it's good. It's, it's exciting. That's new, awesome. A new chapter. Very cool. Well, that kind of segues us into really last couple of things I want to talk about with you, which are just number one, at this point, you know, we're way past the grassroots uh, of CrossFit and, uh, you know, CrossFit changed the entire landscape of fitness uh, across the industry. And, you know, we're at the point now where there's 15,000 affiliates or somewhere in that range. There are, you know, 1,200 plus uh, Orange Theory Studios, 1,300 plus F45 gyms, just countless mixed modal or functional training facilities out there. And so, as well as, you know, every quote unquote expert online that has some kind of program or service that they're, that they're peddling. And so for someone who's now just getting into fitness, they're, they're just beginning their journey. Where can someone start when searching for a program, but more specifically searching for a coach or a trainer, you know, where, where do they even start at this point? Oh, it's a, a good question. And I think it has to start with what what are your goals like what's your why 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 do you want to join a fitness program what are you looking to get out of it because the the model of you know pay your 10 10.99 a month go to a gym you don't really get any connection there like there's a place for that for sure um i would say that you want to do your homework and you want to look at the um retention rate and, and what are the results that people are getting from these programs um i think for a fitness program you've got to go out and try it i mean maybe orange theory is your thing maybe the the f45 uh, or um you know your 24-hour fitness it could be your thing and that, that might be what's for you maybe that's what fits your lifestyle uh, how many classes do they have a day like you know do you have kids there's so much that you you need to consider but the only way you know what's right for you is by trying it. I think a lot of people, they just listen to what other people say, you know, and, and it goes for anything. CrossFit, of course, people, they have so many things to say about it and they have no experience in it and they've just listened to somebody else. And that honestly breaks my heart because there are people out there that are very educated and knowledgeable and and um, smart and they say some of the stupidest things about CrossFit and I'm like that's just not true like do your homework man I mean maybe it's not for you and that's okay but you can't go out saying this stuff when you've not even like read the level one manual just start there read the manual you know take a couple of classes and then we'll then decide maybe that's not for you but I think you've got to go you got to do your homework you got to try it you got to know why you're doing it and there's you know there's there's things to look for. I mean, uh, 
when when someone tells you just log on for 10 minutes a day uh you'll get six minutes of work you'll get results in 30 days that's not gonna it's not gonna happen like one thing i love about crossfit and anything like orange theory is like you've got to put in the work if you want to get results there's a reason why people join in january 1st they join their gyms you know um they're uh you know traditional gyms and then in february they don't go back it's because they don't get results because you can't get results if you don't put in the work and, and if you're going to put in the work you have to attach meaning to it and to have your meaning you've got to know your why and and that's why i one of the reasons i love crossfit is because it works but you have to be consistent so if someone tells you that it's you know it's a quick fix that's not the program i want to i want to join because it's not sustainable and yeah maybe you get the results in 30 days but then in the next month you know the, the results get undone because you're not just making a fitness change you're making a lifestyle change so you have to make sure you know if it's going to be realistic for your life and your schedule and and what what do you want to get out of it yeah, I love that. I love that you mentioned the consistency and the sustainability because those are, those are both tenets of what we believe with ballistic in terms of, like you had mentioned, creating an actual lifestyle, integrating fitness and nutrition into your lifestyle as opposed to finding some quick fix program or a 30-day challenge or, or anything along those lines because, yes, those things can produce results, but often those results are due to drastic changes that are taking place that cannot be sustained past that period of time, or maybe they can be, but it's not going to be much longer than that. When really, you know, we're trying to play the long game here. We are trying to get folks to understand that it's not about the next 30 days, the next 60, uh, even the next 90 days. It's about the next 10, 20, 30 plus years of you being able to, you know, run, jump, throw and play into your 70s and 80s and 90s. That's what we're looking for and you know, it's it's more than just like you said talking to someone finding what's going to be the quickest uh, you know, medium to achieving your short-term goal. You really do have to look at it as a lifestyle and now we had you had mentioned not everybody is CrossFit's not for everyone. Uh 24-hour fitness isn't for everyone. But let's just say, since we're taught in the realm of CrossFit, let's say that someone decides they want to join a CrossFit gym. What are some of the things that they can look for from an affiliate standpoint or from a coaching standpoint to know that they're probably going to be in good hands? I love this question. And my answer is always the same. When you walk into an affiliate, I don't think you should be in there for more than like a minute or two without somebody coming up and saying hi and introducing themselves. And, um, and that could be a member too. It could be, it doesn't have to be a staff member. There's a gym in France, um, the Reebok CrossFit Louvre, it's um, in Paris. And there's also one in Bordeaux. Um, when I walk in there, I, literally every single member that walks in says hi. Like that's the culture that they created. It doesn't matter who you are or hi. And I'm like, Do I know them. And then Daniel will be like, no, they just, that's just what we do. We say hi. And, so that's because that's a community that you want to be part of. If you're standing there for 10 minutes and no one's saying hi, or if you, you're not met with, um, you know, care and um, you get this sense of being welcomed and respected, then I, I, it doesn't matter how good the coaches are because I would guarantee that there's a missing piece there. Um, I also think that when you 
chat to those people. They're interested in you and they're asking you questions about you and not talking about them or, you know, um, trying to you know, drop names or talk about anything to do with like, I don't know, maybe competition, trying to impress them and just like have a conversation. And you'll see, you'll feel it. If you look, if there's a class going on and you see the class, if they're having fun, uh, there's that side. I also think that there needs to be um, a level of experience there too um, with the coaching. You know, and you, it's a hard question because everyone's got to start somewhere. So you could have a brand new gym. They might not have too much experience, but they'll get there, right, with the, the time under tension. So twofold, really. There needs to be some kind of path to for growth as as a coach to, to continue to educate yourself. But there's just that human factor of, you know, do you feel welcome and respected when you walk into the gym? Yeah, I love that answer. And you brought up a really good point that I think I often overlook of the fact that, yeah, it might be a brand new affiliate that doesn't have coaches who have a ton of experience or, you know, a, a huge base of education and knowledge. But again, everybody has to start somewhere. You know, we were both in that boat and everyone is who gets into this. So there is time. They need time to develop those skills and refine those and that will come. Um, now, in terms of you had mentioned a coach who is setting themselves up to continue to, to get better and, and progress, you know, what are some strategies and resources that coaches who are out there who want to develop that knowledge base and maybe continue their education, what are some good resources for those individuals to, you know, register for or take if it's a course to make sure they're moving in the right direction? Well, in the CrossFit space, I would, I would say just get out there and learn the level one guide, learn the level two uh, guide, take the online courses, you know, do all the work. Like if you if CrossFit is your thing, then you need to be immersed in, in cross the CrossFit kind of um, offerings. Um, so that's what I did. I literally just read every article I could. I watched every video I could. But then I think beyond that that stuff, because that, that a lot of that is just education and knowledge, right? There's you're reading something, you're learning, you're absorbing it, and that's great. But I don't think we're in. Um, a short supply of knowledge amongst our coaches in the community. I have a lot of knowledge. A lot of it is useful and then a lot of it isn't. And why I say that is because if you only are ever educating yourself and building your knowledge base, but you're not putting that knowledge uh, into action, so you, you're not able to communicate what you know for the person that is in front of you right now and needs your help, then you're not, you're not able to effectively administer what they need you're not taking that knowledge and actually making it useful so i you know yes go do that stuff read everything do your thing but you can't just read you've got to get out there and do and you've got to be okay with making a mistake now the other part of that is that you need to be open to feedback feedback sucks it hurts it's your ego gets in the way your walls go up you think you're doing it right someone's telling you're doing it wrong and You've got to be around people that are, are going to be able to give that feedback and you have to be open for it. It's, it is so hard. It's so hard, but it's what's needed. So a couple of things is yes, do your reading, go out there, get pra practice, but also put yourself in the environment that you can get real hard feedback um, and then create a plan to implement it. So 
Hell yeah. Education and knowledge is only as good as you can administer it and, and communicate it. A hundred percent. And I think my experience is a great example of this. And I don't think we mentioned it in this episode, but we met back in 2013 when I was an intern at Reebok underneath uh, an incredible team of coaches there, uh, including yourself. And I had had a formal education, right? I had a bachelor's degree in exercise science. I had some experience coaching. I learned more in the four or five months, I can't remember how long it was, that I was there getting feedback and watching you and Austin and uh, MDV and Meg and John watching you guys coach and then having you provide me with feedback than I did in honestly my entire career, not only up to that point, but even to now, that was one of the most beneficial experiences I've had because I got all of that feedback and because I was surrounded by the right people who are also hungry to get better. And that's something that I think a lot of people either aren't willing to put themselves in that situation because it does make you vulnerable. Uh, you have to be humble and you are going to receive feedback that doesn't feel great uh, or that they just don't have the means to find, or maybe they can't find that group of people. But I think that that's invaluable. If you can find someone that will allow you to come in and either work for free or just hang out for a weekend and just learn and watch, I think that's almost more valuable than any amount of of knowledge that you can cultivate through your reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was me too. I, I mean, I have a master's uh, in um, exercise physiology and I learned, and, and I mean, and it's so sad that society looks at that as how you're going to consider me credible or not. It's like, I don't remember anything I, I got from that. Nothing. I had one teacher who was awesome and I, I really enjoyed him. But outside of that, I didn't learn. I don't apply that to what I'm doing now. And it's uh, it's interesting that you say people just want instant gratification now. It's like they want to come in and be paid immediately. Um, that's just not how the how the world works. And I, I mean, um, I know a friend. I have a friend. He's, he's in CrossFit Vienna. His name's... Um, Sebastian Ryder, he's so smart, so, so smart. I love being around him. When people intern at his gym, they have to pay because they're going to leave at some point, right? If they don't, if they don't, if they're not taken on and they're leaving with all this knowledge and all this like uh, information and practice and they're going to go somewhere else. And it's like, you're, I've worked all these years and done all this work I'm going to give you everything I've got in my brain and now you're going to go out and just take it and, and do your, your own thing. So he charges them to be a, to be interns, uh, which I think is more than okay. You know, like people need to invest a little bit more. Um, we have coaches at our gym that Pete O'Donnell, he did his level two with us um, at Reebok. We didn't know him at this point. He asked us at the end of the seminar, is, is there an opportunity to intern? And we always let people come and intern. Um, well, like, yeah, it's not paid. Just, you know, show up whenever you want. Uh, you can coach some classes. We'll give you feedback. He showed up for like, I want to say six months, twice a week, um, two hour drives. Um, and then an opportunity came up for us to take someone on full time. And we gave it to Pete because he showed us that he cared about getting better and he wanted to put in the time and he didn't ask for anything back. He wasn't, he didn't have an agenda um, and he got rewarded and that's happened a couple of times underneath the roof at Reebok and it's uh yeah it's 
you got to you got to put in the work. You got to show that it's beyond. It's you know you're not just trying to pick up a paycheck. So yeah, that's a, that's some good memories there. But yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, I love that. Uh, well, and we even I think we kind of outlined there exactly what you should be doing if you're you're a coach looking to progress. So that answered my my next question there. But uh, overall, I think that it was an awesome conversation. I love being able to not only catch up with you, but really get some insight into, you know, your perspective on not only coaching, but CrossFit as a, a methodology. And then, you know, really diving into some of the affiliate stuff that we talked about. So I think all that's super beneficial. Hopefully everyone listening is able to take something from that. Uh, but Denise, if folks wanted to find out more about you, um, you know, anything in relation to, to the work you're doing, DT lessons plan, coaches development, the new stuff with CompTrain, where can they find you at? Uh, how can they connect with you? Yeah, they can go to my personal Instagram, which is denthomas7. The DT lesson plans on Instagram is just that, DT lesson plans. People want to email me, they have questions, they can get me at dentom7 at Gmail. And uh, and then just, you know, check in on the CrossFit New England Instagram and the CompTrain affiliate platform and you can find me there. But always open to having conversations with people. Um, once they connect with me, we can. I will give them my cell phone. I'll want to reach out anytime. They have a quite quick question. I love popping on the phone. So, and I don't say that just to say. It. I truly mean it. So, if people do have questions and they want to ask, please reach out. Love to help. Love it. And yeah, anyone listening, she's genuine to that, and you have a wealth of knowledge in these. So, I want anyone who has questions to take advantage. Uh, incredible individual, incredible coach. Uh, thank you so much for for taking the time i'm glad we were able to finally make this happen after uh like you know eight months in the making or whatever it was but we got it done so i appreciate you coming on yeah thanks for having me it was a pleasure and maybe we'll do a follow-up later yeah. down the line love it hey guys thank you so much for listening to the podcast whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week we cannot thank you enough if you like what you hear on this channel, please head over to iTunes or Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Drop a comment in there as well. Like, tag, and share this episode across all of the various platforms, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, but spread the word. We know there are people out there that can benefit from this content, so that is exactly why we're continuing to show up week in and week out and bring you as much information and as much value as possible. If you don't follow us on all of our other platforms, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, uh, I think we even have a Twitter. There might not be a tweet on there since like February of 2019, but get on there, subscribe and follow us so that we can continue to help you move forward on your health and fitness journey. I hope you guys are tuning in again next week. We'll see you then.